This is Wrestling Informant Radio, WrestlingInformant.com. How's it going, everybody? Gary and Chris here with another show, our first Wednesday show. So we hope you guys uh, like the new date and time. And joining us today, we've got a very special guest on the line. He is from WrestlingObserver.com, F4WOnline.com, a co-author of The Death of WCW. We have Brian Alvarez joining us on the show. Brian, good evening to you. What's going on? Well, just doing a show here. Uh, <laughs> hope all is well with you. Uh, I, the first question I want to ask before we get you know really going deep in the interview, I want to know, have you sent a copy of this book to Dixie yet? I haven't sent one to Dixie yet. She's going to have to pay for it. I know <laughs> she's got the money. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I, maybe she's uh, she might be low on cash. I don't know. What do you think? Well, there's a hiring freeze, but I haven't heard anybody say anything about a no buying anything off Amazon. <laughs> that, that that is true and and you can get the book on amazon or, or would you rather people go just to wrestlingobserver.com and get it what's your preference well i mean uh we're not selling it through the website but i mean if you if you would like to you can go to wrestlingobserver.com and on the front page there is a picture of the book and if you click through there right. i do get a little bit of of the revenue from the sale but i don't i don't care at this point how people get the book uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a hardcover, softcover, Kindle, all at amazon.com. And on the 14th, we'll be on bookstores. However you get it is, is cool with me. Very good. Now there's actually some confusion. We were looking up on Amazon and I know you've been tweeting picture pictures of people getting their books, but Amazon for some reason has it listed for the 14th of October. Do you know what that's about? Well, that is the official release date. And I think that that's probably when it's going to be in bookstores. Ah, okay. But, uh, I, I guess ECW just shipped out all the copies, and, and once Amazon got them, I mean, I don't think they care what the official release date is. They just started shipping them to everybody. So uh, tons of people are already getting them, and I think if you order it, like, today, it'll ship it, and you may even be able to get it by Friday, probably Saturday or Monday. But uh, actually, you know what? Amazon does Sunday delivery, so you can get it quick if you order. Wow. That's yeah. I, hey, hey, Brian, it's Chris. Uh, I, I, I'll tell What's you right now on? that I, uh, I, I went to uh, Amazon and ordered it. It was delivered to my... I was delivered through my Kindle app this morning, and it was nine wow. ninety nine. Hey, nine ninety nine. Hey, how about I should be plugging that even harder? Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> nine ninety nine. That's a good price. Yeah, I think I think today it just started getting to people's Kindles because I've got a couple of people that ordered Kindle that haven't gotten it yet that I know of. Like uh, Lance Storm actually was just on our show and he ordered a Kindle version. It's not there yet, but. I do know that uh, from checking out my associate account that a lot of Kindles, uh, people are getting them on their Kindle uh, as of today, so uh, should be being delivered everywhere soon. Right. Well, first of all, congratulations on the uh, the new copy of the book, and and just for people that aren't up to speed on it, what is uh, what's new in the book currently? Well, we got forty percent new material. It's a uh, near five hundred page book now. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, I mean, there. I, I added so much. Basically, what we did was, was first off, we took everything that had been cut out of the original book and mm-hmm. we put it back in. Right. Then we went through and we uh, revised everything. I mean, there were a few things that needed to be changed. Uh, we added a ton of quotes from people who were there, which we didn't have in the uh, first edition. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get a lot more first-person accounts of what was going on there, a lot oh, of right. confirmation of a lot of the stories from different people. And we, we vastly, I added so much material to uh, the first chapter about pre-1995 wow. that I almost had to split it into, into another chapter. Mm-hmm. And then I added so much stuff to the year 2000, which is uh, the worst year in the history <laughs> of 
professional wrestling anywhere in the entire universe. <laughs> yes, it was. So That's if, true. If you want to see how bad it can be, I mean, you can complain all you want about Impact or Three Hour Raws or whatever. Yeah. If you want to see how bad it could be? Go back and read that chapter, and it'll be eye opening. I couldn't even. I, I read my own book, and I couldn't even believe it when I was revising that chapter. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I I all the stuff about Cowboy Bill Watts and how he almost ruined the promotion. That was. Mind-boggling because you said you put a lot of stuff for ninety-five. Because I'm about halfway through the book now, and just all this, just even the sections on Cowboy Bill Watts, and just all of his crazy demands and rules and things like that was just mind-blowing. It's actually kind of funny to watch uh, to watch Nitro. Um, I'm starting to watch some of the beginning, uh, the early Nitro shows on the network. Right, and it, it's funny because like it's a new era, but they're still reminding us of things from the old era. Like they're talking about Commissioner Bockwinkle and stuff like this, and it's like oh, all of this stuff that they had in the in the pre Nitro era. That it's just so wacky to hear about it on Monday Nitro, and, and some of the old rules that are that are slowly going to be phased out. It, it, it's pretty fun to watch those early Nitros because the early Nitros, I mean, those were good, fun, revolutionary television shows. It got yeah. horrible later, but like at <laughs> yeah. the beginning, it was good. Yeah. And so it, it's fun to go back on the network and, and watch some of that stuff. It, it, it's better now, I think, in some ways than it was at the time. Well, as you're going back and watching a lot of these, what do you are you picking up new things as you go along that maybe you didn't notice or just kind of with the benefit of hindsight, things that you're picking out as you're watching it? Well, I mean, there are... It, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I haven't watched it in so long that I don't remember enough of it to pick out new things. Right. But it is kind of funny because, like, with so many, uh, I, I hate to single out the women, mm-hmm. but when you think about like Charmel and, and Jenna Maraska and TNA and Rosa Mendez, I mean, some of these women are just so absolutely horrible in the ring. And <laughs> in, so we've seen so many horrible matches in the last few years. Yeah. But I can go back and watch a match like Luger and Savage, which uh, Dave Meltzer said was a one-star match at the time, and I probably thought the same thing. Right. Man, you look back at that match now and it's that's not a bad match at all. That's a pretty <laughs> decent little match. Yeah. So in some ways some standards have changed. I mean like an average Usos tag team match is way better than what you see on most nitros. But like oh, yeah. the bad stuff today is much worse than the bad stuff that you can watch back then. Wow. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about the kind of the, the process of writing a book. I mean, you know, Try to, you know, it's not it, fun. It's hard. <laughs> well, 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 and that's the thing. I mean, you're a busy guy. You, you run a website. You're doing radio shows and all kinds of stuff. I mean, kind of put us through like how much of an impact that had on your schedule and what your schedule becomes like when you're trying to write a book. I am so proud of the book, and I'm so happy that I wrote the book, and it's very fulfilling. I've wanted to write a book since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. but it is so hard you 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 read it over and over and over and you revise and you add and you take out and you read it and like by the end you don't even know if it's a good book or not you don't even know what it is it, it's right. just like a bunch of words and eventually you're just like okay fine the deadline i have no more days and and, and it's gone and the yeah. next thing you know people are reading it and and you know sometimes you go back years later and you're like what did i write that for <laughs> or, you know, that's wacky. Yeah. But, like, I'd read it so many times, I don't even remember. It, it, it's a very, I mean, when I wrote it the first time, 
I mean, I, when it was done, I was never writing another book ever again. Ever. <laughs> Not even, there was no maybe, there was no, you know, perhaps. There was, I will never write another book again, ever. And it was 10 years uh-huh. before, before I finally was like, okay, I don't have to write a new book. I just have to revise it and add to it. And they promised me a hardcover, so fine, I'll do it. But I'm never going to do another one. Never. And, and it was kind of scary because, well, as soon as we turned in, like, the final manuscript, mm-hmm. a few months later, you'll never guess what happened, but Spike TV canceled Impact. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, all I had to hear was, oh, my God, you've got to write this book. Like, no, I can't do another book right now. I was like <laughs> praying that they got a television deal. I'm still praying that they get some kind of television deal. <laughs> not, not just for selfish purposes, but it, it's not good for wrestling when you've only got one major national promotion. There was, I, I have friends in TNA. I don't want to see anybody unemployed. So I hope that they get a television deal. But there's also the selfish part of me. I don't want to write this book right now. I do not want to write Death of TNA right now, but I know it's pretty much inevitable that I'm going to have to do it. So I'm just hoping that it will be as long as possible before I do. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you know, but doing a newsletter, does that make it any easier in terms of, you know, being able to write, you know, kind of long form and stuff like that? Was it any easier, the fact that you had a background of writing already? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the, the, the process of writing is easy. It's just there's so much more to it than writing. You've got to go back. You've got to read so much stuff. You've got to talk to people. You've got to figure out a good way to tell the story. Yeah. Um, it was much. It, it was so much easier this time, though, because it's 2014, and all we had to do was create a Google Doc that <laughs> Artie and I shared that we could both edit from wherever we were at. Yeah. I mean, it made it so much easier to just both write the book together. You didn't have to like send stuff back and forth and email stuff. And you know, did you get that email? I don't know. I, I think I did, but it didn't get added in. Blah blah blah. There was a lot of that the first time. This time was was easy. It's so easy to write a book with somebody nowadays yeah. uh, because of, of various forms of technology. But well, it was still hard. Well, I'll break the fourth wall right now with you, Brian. I mean, Chris and I, Chris is in St. Louis. I'm in Washington, D.C., and we are using Google Docs right now to have our notes to talk to you this evening. So there you go. There you go. It works it's great. amazing what, what can be done. <laughs> Yeah, I got right. uh, I got an ISDN style line for Dave, and he's in San Jose. I'm in I'm in Seattle, and we do the show, and it's great. He sounds so much better now. I don't know what all you did with it, but I got to tell you, I mean, you know, and, and listening to him on the phone sounds fine. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a radio file and stuff like that, but hearing how he sounds now, it's just miles ahead of the way he used to sound on there. Yeah, I'd like to get him a better mic. He's just got a headset mic now. Yeah. But uh, Dave gets very animated, and uh, you put a mic in front of him, he could be in another room by the time he's done with a rant. So the headset works best for right now. Do you have a pop filter for that guy? Um, yeah. There's supposed to be one, but I don't know if it's on there right now. <laughs> okay, yes, very from, good. From, from, what, what I, from what I remember, Dave Dave is very anti-technology, right? I don't know if he's anti-technology, but he, he's so busy working on, on the Observer yeah. that, uh, yeah. you know, he, he, he doesn't care about that stuff. As long as you can hear his voice, that's all he cares about. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're kind of you're kind of more of a radio guy, though, because I've heard, I've heard uh, you did an interview with the IAIB Spotlight and kind of talked a little shop, you know, inside baseball about radio, and I found that to be pretty fascinating, if I can go off on a side tangent there. I thought that was a pretty good interview. Oh, yeah hearing about all your equipment and all that stuff. I'm just, I'm very fascinated by that stuff. So 
Yeah, I, I've, uh, I mean, the, the things I wanted to do since I was a little kid were, I mean, the first thing I wanted to do was write a book. Mm-hmm. You know, I was five years old, and I, I wrote this book about the universe, and I sent it to a publisher, and I got my first rejection notice. Right. Like, I always wanted to write a book, and then I got into wrestling, and I, I wanted to be a wrestler, right. and I wanted to be a wrestler, a writer, and then, you know, in the 90s, when I started listening to Art Bell, it was like, oh, man, I got to be a radio show host. All the go. things I wanted to do in my life. And, and my whole life was about how can I take the three things that I want to do and like make a job that involves all three of them. And I figured out how to do it. So I'm about as happy as can be. At what point were you able to kind of, you know, get rid of like normal life day job and be able to do this like full time? At what point was that in your life? Well, I probably could have done that in about 2005 or six, right after we, in fact, it was definitely, it was 2006 probably after we had started the, uh, the figure four website and, and, uh, and we were getting, starting to get a lot of subscribers. Yeah. Uh, I have always to this day had a day job and wow. it actually stemmed from a conversation that I had with, uh, Bruce Mitchell of the pro wrestling torch. Oh yeah. Ago. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was talking to him about, uh, I can't even remember what, but I brought up that I was, I was thinking of quitting my job coaching gymnastics and he's a school teacher. Yeah. He was like, don't quit your job because you'll go crazy. All you will do is you'll be surrounded by wrestling all the time. And you'll go crazy. And so I was like, eh, what the heck? I enjoy coaching gymnastics anyway. And so to this day, I, I mean, it's kind of like a, a day job. We basically run a jujitsu school mm-hmm. and the job is essentially, I teach people how to do jujitsu and I grapple all day, but it is something that is not this. And it gets me out of the house every day. And I've, I've learned that it's very important to have that balance because otherwise you're, you know, I'm sitting here in the office twisting a bunch of knobs on a compressor or something like that, just yeah. going out of my mind trying to do this or that. It's good to have something where, okay, I got to stop because now I've got to go coach. Yeah. I, I, if I made a billion dollars, I would still have that day job just to keep saying. No, it's, that's very important. Chris and I do about six hours of uh, radio on, uh, on a Sunday and you know trying to get out of the studio for a little while it'll make you go pretty crazy so i understand yeah back to the book i know i the book does you you do a very great job of keeping the chronological order the time of events things like that a lot of focus on ratings and the war and i know you got the network and gary and i talked about this uh was it last week or the week before maybe the week before right about the the monday night war uh, documentary on the network and the fact that it's jumping around to different points during the war. Would, my question is, do you prefer do you prefer that method, or would you rather see a more go chronic, chronologically? Well, it's funny you should mention that. When we were going to write the first book, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't really have like a... I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. It was just like, you know, Artie had written WrestleCrap, and it was doing well. And the publisher said, when are you going to do another book? When are you going to do another book? When are you going to do another book? So WCW dies, and, uh, and he contacted me and said, do you have any interest in writing a book about WCW? And I was like, if you can make a deal, you know, we, I'll do it. Little did I know how difficult it would be. So uh, he made a deal, and uh, we started thinking about what to do. And our original idea was something like, it was something effective. It would be 10 chapters long. And it would be called, like, the 10, the ten reasons WCW died, or, or the death of WCW, 10 things. I don't, I don't remember what the 
title was, but mm-hmm. every chapter was a different reason it died. Wow. And like chapter oh. one would be uh, the finger poke of doom or whatever. <laughs> so I can't remember the first chapter that I got, but as I, I started writing it and it was just like, I was just writing a story. You know, I, I wasn't, and then already wrote his and, and we kind of were going back and forth and it was like, dude, let's just write a chronology of what happened. You know, because each of these chapters will take, like, if you're going to talk about why the Finger Poke of Doom was bad, you've got to write the backstory, you've got to write where it ended up. And then you're going to write about Vince Russo coming in. And so somehow that has to tie into something you've already written. You may have some repetition. It was just like, it'll be easier to just, like, Artie, you take uh, 1988 through 1997, mm-hmm. I'll do 1988 through the end, and we'll put them all together in a book. And hey. make it just chronological, yeah. and it, it ended up being so much better that way. Yeah, I just I just find by watching the network and and they have to like keep going back and like re-explaining from the beginning. Well, uh, Vince McMahon was doing the WWE very successfully, and then Ted Turner came into this wrestling thing. It's like the same intro on every episode, and it kind of drives me nuts. And maybe they're kind of taking a different approach of where maybe people won't watch every episode like a series, and maybe they just want to jump to one particular episode. So maybe I could understand that argument, but. As a fan, obviously, I wish it would be a little more episodic. Yeah, and you know one of the problems with with that, and and I'm going to tie this into a plug, kind of. Sure. Sometimes you will will hear people that say, you know, Brian, you weren't there. You weren't there. How can you write about WCW? And I have interviewed so many guys. Uh, I I just got off the phone with Lance. We were doing a show, Lance. Right. And it was like, hey, Lance. You, are you watching these first Nitros for the first time? He's like, yeah, I wasn't watching Nitro. Like, you know, <laughs> I was in Japan. And then when I was on Nitro every week, I wasn't watching the show. I was busy working. Yeah. You know, there, there were so many yeah. guys there that, like, being there was not an advantage to telling the story of the whole life and death of the company. They were there working. They were going over their stuff. They were having matches. They weren't watching either show. All they knew was what was going on with them. And so, to and this kind of ties into Monday Night Wars. Yeah. What does WWE really know about what happened in the Monday Night Wars? They were busy doing Raw every Monday night. Yep. Maybe they had Nitro on in the background. Mm-hmm. But, like, they were, everybody, everybody who was there was so busy working that I don't think anybody who was there, including, like, Vince McMahon, would yeah. be able to accurately write a story or do a documentary on the network about what really happened. So what we did, we were there on the outside watching both shows, covering both sides, and what we tried to do was talk to as many people as we could who were there to get the perspective to better write the book. So the, the criticism that we weren't there, if anything, it, it, is a, it, is a, uh, it is a plus that we weren't there. We were better able to tell the story because we really saw all of the stuff on television and we yeah. talked to everybody who was there to get their sides of the story. Yeah, you weren't stuck in a bubble, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was an I mean, outside, I was, it was a out- different kind of bubble. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> right, right. It was, it was an outsider's perspective, that high-level overview that you could easily see both sides, so I definitely understand that. Definitely. Yeah, if yeah. you want to get like like what is what is Bischoff's opinion of of what his, of what happened when he was there? Buy his book. Yeah, you know, like if you want to get Goldberg's thoughts about his whole run, buy Goldberg's book. But if you want like a look at what happened from the beginning to the end and why, 
well, this is the book. Yeah, and, and if you're lucky, uh, sometimes they're uh, telling stories on their podcast, which actually transitioned to something I wanted to ask you about. You know, somebody that's doing podcasts and radio shows on a daily basis. Uh, what's your thoughts of the wrestlers kind of getting in the podcast game? As somebody who's been in that kind of industry for many years, what, what's your opinion on it? Do you enjoy it? You know, what's your take on it? Well, I mean, it, it depends on, on the person. I mean, I mean, it, it's just like anything else. I mean, just because you're a wrestler doesn't mean you can or cannot do a good podcast, right. you know, and, and there are going to be guys like Steve Austin. His podcast is like a big success because he's good at it and he's, he's got great stories and, and he, he's actually become, he's, he's very successful and he's, he's very good. Yeah. Um, I've never heard Goldberg's podcast. I'm not saying anything negative about it. I'm only telling you what I've heard from other people. Yeah. Goldberg isn't interested in really talking about wrestling. Oh, so okay. He's, he's, he just is going to talk about whatever's on his mind. And, and like a lot of wrestling fans, I don't really hear anybody that's listening to Goldberg's podcast. So, and that's not to say it's a bad podcast or that people aren't listening. I'm just telling you that not everybody is going to have a podcast that wrestling fans are, are really going to want to listen. Some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be bad. But, um, you know, I, I think that uh, obviously like Jim Ross is, is very successful. Oh, yeah. Austin's is very successful. Jericho's yeah. is very successful. Uh, but there are others that have started that I never hear any, I never hear anything about like Roddy Piper's podcast. I, I never hear anybody talk about it. Maybe it's great. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it's kind of like I think some of them will last and a lot of them are just going to kind of fall by the wayside. Well, I'm not, I'm not hearing a whole lot of buzz on Russo's podcast. What have you heard about that one? Uh, I have heard people that are having a lot of fun at Russo's website because they love going up and reading his raw fantasy booking because it's so outrageously preposterous. (laughs) (laughs) That bad, huh? I swear to God, I got people emailing me his booking ideas like every day after he goes over them, and they're like, Brian, you've got to read these on the show. These are so amazing. Like every single time, it's crazy. Oh my god, I I can only imagine, Brian. I, I don't know if I want to go down that road. With it's a the... lot of swerves. I don't know if you're surprised. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah big shock. John Cena, <laughs> he, John Cena heel turn, then he's back face again. Oh wait, no, he's heel again. I don't know. It's just all over the place. Oh probably. yeah. Um. Yeah. J- just ask Jim Cornette what he thinks of Vince Russo. Oh God. Damn. <laughs> you really want to go there, Chris? Jeez. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go there. All right, we got a couple of moments left here. You've been so generous, generous with your time, and we do appreciate that, Brian. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to throw in one or two just uh, uh, current events uh, at you, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Great. Uh, one of the discussions that Chris and I had the other day was uh, Roman Reigns coming back, along with Daniel Bryan coming back, and, and something I wanted to throw at you because you've been covering the industry for so long. Um, I've kind of got this, this, this crazy idea in my head that what if, what if Roman Reigns... What if Daniel Bryan come back around the same time? And let's just say that time is around the Royal Rumble time. And then, you know, I guess the idea that everybody's talking about is Roman Reigns is going to go to WrestleMania and face Brock Lesnar. Well, what if, uh, you know, the fans decide that they really want to see Bryan uh, back in that spot again? And and Chris and I kind of have this interesting uh, discussion about, you Mm -hmm. know, which direction that the fans may steer if they if they're going to have a uh, a choice in the matter. So I want to throw that to you and kind of what you think if you think that the fans are going to potentially try to push Brian back into the top uh, spot again 
potentially unseating Roman Reigns, but then I'm going to throw another, I'll, I'll throw a swerve at you, Brian, if you will. Uh, Dean Ambrose, he's catching a lot of fire lately. So that's kind of a loaded question, but I'd like to get your, your thoughts on that general topic. Well, I've done so many interviews in the last couple of days, and you guys are not the first to bring this topic up. Okay. And and here here's what I'm going to say about this. First off, you don't have to have a situation where Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are both in the Royal Rumble and fans pick a side. Because there's a built-in storyline of, of Daniel Bryan coming back and getting a championship match against Brock, and he's not in the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And, and Roman Reigns ends up being in the Rumble, so nobody has to root against Roman Reigns. So, so that's, that's one way to solve at least the Royal Rumble problem. Yeah. Now, WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year, but it's only one day. And, you know, they want Roman Reigns to headline WrestleMania, but mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan was not supposed to headline WrestleMania last year. They, uh, the fans hijacked the shows, and, they, uh, and, and, and it resulted in Daniel Bryan getting his day in the sun. He got two matches, he won them both, he won the title, everything was great. Mm-hmm. But if you watched, like, the television uh, all through the fall, and leading up to the WrestleMania, and even immediately after WrestleMania when he was the champion, it was very clear that he wasn't going to be the next John Cena. Right. They had, they had already decided who it was going to be. This was like a reward for Daniel Bryan, a way to shut the fans up. And he was just going to be in the position. I mean, he's always going to be a top babyface. I'm sure he's going to be champion again. But yeah. he's probably never going to be the guy that they choose as the guy. That's Roman Reigns. So whether the fans get behind Roman Reigns or Daniel Bryan or Dean Ambrose, it really doesn't matter which guy they have headline WrestleMania. You know, if, if, if Dean Ambrose is, if the fans choose Dean Ambrose during that period, maybe they'll give Dean Ambrose the main event. But it's it's very likely that after they give him the main event, he will still be a big time top babyface but they're still going to put all of their real effort behind Roman Reigns because he's their guy. And unless something happens, some serious injury or some sort of scandal, I mean, barring something like that, they ain't going to give up on Roman Reigns. Somebody else may get a push here. They may get a push there. They may even get WrestleMania, but he's still going to be the guy. And historically, they're not going to quit until he is. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm interested definitely. to see how it plays out for sure. I mean, I'm definitely curious to see it where they're going. It's going to be a really interesting three months. Like January through through WrestleMania is going to be. I predict it's going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, not even because of any particular booking, but just because the fans are going to be deciding to make some decisions, and they're going to let the world know because they did it last year. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm interested definitely. to watch. Um, and, and I. I more importantly, I kind of just want to get the hell out of this month already. I mean, you look at uh, the way Raw is now, it's just kind of, oh, man, it's it's brutal to watch. I mean, I know you cover it. We cover it on our on our podcast here, and it's just, it is tough to watch, man. Three hours, that's strike one. Idiot. Mid-card, <laughs> bad booking, that's strike two. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really awful to watch. I mean, like, for instance, they had... Uh, what was it, Layla and Rosa Mendez in a match, but they were trying to tell a story with Natalia and Tyson Kidd. I would have thought they would have put Natalia in, in a match and have Tyson Kidd ignore her, but no, they're just outside hanging out. I don't even know why Tyson Kidd would bother coming to the ring. You know, what purpose does he have? Uh, and just the rest of the mid-card, you know, Dolph Ziggler and Miz are out there with the Intercontinental title. They're not given really any time to talk about it. It's just, uh, it's, it's tough. Oh, yeah. 
I, hey, you know what? It's still better than WCW 2000. There you go. <laughs> and and with that, Brian, I'll throw it to you. Give us the give us the final uh, hard sell, the final plug, uh, and tell people where they can get it. And tell them about uh, WrestlingObserver.com. You guys offer some great stuff over there. Well, if you want a lot of audio, you need to go to WrestlingObserver.com. I do uh, two radio shows every single day, except Sunday when I do three. And we cover all of the news. We have uh, interviews with all of the big names. We had Michael Bisping of UFC today. We've had Lance Storm today. i got another show tonight with Dave. So it's a three-show day today. As a subscriber, you get all of the new shows, and every single show is in the archive. So if you don't like 2,000 hours in the uh, WWE Network archive, you can get 6,000 hours in the Wrestling Observer archive. And if you sign up for a year, it is $9.99 a month. So check out WrestlingObserver.com. There's a lot of free samples up there as well. Plus, you get the Wrestling Observer newsletter and Figure Four Weekly. It's awesome. And uh, the book is uh, Death of WCW. Amazon.com has hardcover, softcover, and Kindle versions available. And it will be in bookstores starting on October 14th. Everywhere that you can get a book, you can get Death of WCW. And I think that you will love it. So I think you should go get it. Brian, thank you so much for your time, man. We really do appreciate it. Um, hope you have a good night, and, and maybe uh, maybe another time you'll come on and maybe talk some more current events with us if, if you have time. I'd, I'd love to come on anytime you want me on, and thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Brian. Take care. Thanks, Brian. All right. Wow. Brian Alvarez, WrestlingObserver.com, F4WOnline.com. Check him out. I know what people are thinking. I just want to say this right now. Yeah, Obviously, we run a website, Chris. We have our own membership. We have our own yep. radio shows, but this is something you're never going to hear from another wrestling website, okay? And yeah, that but- is us telling you that what they offer is a good product. And and if you ask me, you know, you should absolutely check out what they have to offer. Just like okay. we hope that you would check out what we have to offer for $2.99. So look, you know, you won't hear another website promoting them and stuff like that, but we are comfortable in doing that because we feel that they offer a great service. And we wouldn't even have Brian on if it wasn't. I mean, if, if, if they ran a terrible website, Chris, do you think we would have had him on? Oh, absolutely not but i mean they're they're an established brand exactly established, pro- established product I mean, it's, it's not like they're spring chickens or anything like that i mean they, uh D- dave and brian have been doing this forever and very well respected i respect him i know you do as well yeah so it was an honor to have brian on the show certainly damn he's, damn, he's good <laughs> no he's he's very good and 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 this is the thing i mean it, it look you know they are the they are the top dogs right now. We are the new yep. guys on the block. Yep. And we're not trying to do this traditional, let's just push the guys out of the way and try to beat them down. We're trying to be different. And by being different is welcoming these other people onto a show. You know, I mean that's that's right. kind of where that's kind of my stance on it. So I just wanted to say that because I know it's gonna be the obvious thing. People are gonna say, oh, Hey, it is. they say they're gonna say, Hey, I go to your website and you're telling me this, and why are you promoting them and all that kind of stuff? Look. It doesn't need to be any of that. There are no. other sites that are garbage that are d- destroying your computer with their ads and stuff like that. These guys are not it, though. These guys no. are the top dogs, and we have tremendous respect for them. So I just wanted to clear that up before anybody starts you know, banging down our door with all these uh, emails saying, oh, man, why are you guys promoting another website? That's why, because these guys are the real deal. Brian's yep. got the book out. He's very knowledgeable. That's my thoughts on it. Chris, anything else you want to say yeah, on that? Yeah, he's very, very smart. The guy, the, you got the, the the Dave Meltzer's, the Wade Keller's, Brian Alvarez. These guys have been doing it forever, and why would we not promote it? We're, we're cross-promoting our brand, so hopefully it'll work out for everybody. Exactly. So there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I know, I, and I've already no. gotten 
I've already gotten a, a few comments. You know, what are you, of what course. are you doing? You know, you're bringing on somebody else's product. You're letting them promote their product in your show. Yes, I am because these people came before me. They've laid the framework. They've laid the groundwork from which from what we're doing right now. So you know what? Yeah, of course I'm going to let them in the door. Right. If they're willing to come down to our level, <laughs> and we yeah. are very low, Chris. But no, I'm kidding. Oh, we, we are at the very bottom. We we are we are what they say is green, greener than grass. Very good. Um, while I got you here, is there is there yeah. anything uh, is there anything about uh, Raw that you saw? I mean, I guess we, we might as well cover some of that now, yeah. if, if you like. Yeah, we could. Yeah, I mean, I I watched uh, I watched almost all of it, save for the uh, main event. Yeah, it was, let's see. The, I, uh, the uh, actually, the, what surprised me, the one thing that surprised me, it wasn't the Dean Ambrose thing. It was Big Show and Rusev. Yeah, that's, that uh, really shocked me. I was entertained by that. It's very it's, interesting, we, wasn't it? It is very weird because I didn't expect much out of it. But I'm thinking, like the bad, like man, I kind of enjoyed that. That was kind of funny. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it, it was odd. I did not expect that to be any good segment because I was expecting it to be a snoozer, but it was surprisingly not as bad as I originally thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, it, look, the show was not terrible. I took issue with a couple of things on the show. I mean, we can talk yeah. about some of that here, but like, you know, the the Susan G. Komen thing, like WWE does such a great job at promoting Susan G. Komen. And look, I know people are going to say, hey, look, you know, look at what they donate or look at what they don't donate. Uh, put all that right. stuff aside. I understand that. I've read this stuff. Look, I'm not going to, you know, we're not going we to get into the opinions of how Susan G. Komen spends her money. No, we're not conspiracy theorists or anything like that. No, but what I want to say about it is it's like WWE does a hell of a job promoting that every year. So why would you need to fly Hulk Hogan in to and, and, to, and to advertise it uh, just before a couple of segments before his and say Hulk Hogan has a special message for the universe. Like if you're watching and maybe you're not fully paying attention, you might say, well, gee, Hulk Hogan might have some big announcement or, you know, he might be uh, calling out some wrestler to talk to him or something. He's not going to wrestle him, obviously, but he might be calling him out or whatever. So why would you fly him to Chicago? I mean, why, if, if you wanted to do something with Susan G. Komen, you could just as easily, uh, you know, fly a crew down to Tampa right on the beach and film him uh, doing doing it right down there. Right. I mean, they got the capabilities now. You know, however you want to do it, if you want to have him send a video on his iPhone, that'd be just as cool. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that Hogan. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think you don't want to waste his his uh, you know the power of the draw that Hulk Hogan is because the last few times he's been on television other than the thing with Brock Lesnar where Brock kind of got in his face and that was kind of a good use of Hogan there but every other time it's been you know, oh Hogan's making his big comeback but he's just promoting the network or he's yeah. coming out in Chicago with a special announcement but all it is is the Susan G. Komen thing I mean I just think that there's a better utilization of Hogan and it's not just to send him out shilling for something you can pre-tape that from anywhere in the world and air it on your show you don't need to fly him out for that and you don't need to waste an in-ring opportunity because people are going to think hey you know there might be something bigger going on here and there's really not so you're letting people down Chris yeah big shock Hogan taking somebody's spot <laughs> not the first time that's happened I just spent I spent all day reading a book <laughs> reading a book oh, yeah. about Hogan taking somebody's spot yeah, somebody wanted to run by. 
Someone wanted to run by you. I, I was going to run yeah. it by Brian, but we're kind of running press on time. And one thing I've done in seven years of doing radio, for those of you, I know we're going to get a lot of new listeners here. So I want to, you know, I've been doing yeah. radio for seven years. One of the things you don't do when you get a guest is you don't hold them over time. I cannot no. tell you how many times I've listened to a podcast and you at, and you hear the interviewer asking them, hey, do you have a few more minutes? And you just, you hear them kind of tying them up and you listen back yeah. to some, if you're a member of our website, which by the way, 299 wrestlinginformant.com slash membership. If you listen back to some of the old interviews, you'll hear me doing those very things. I made those very mistakes years right. ago. But as I learned, you have to respect the time of the interviewee. They're taking time out of their day to speak with you for a predetermined number of time. Mm-hmm. And if they, yeah. you know, if they kind of say, hey, you know, I've, you know, if, if you kind of get the vibe that they're not really trying to get off the call, then you can keep it going a little bit. But one of the things you want to do, especially the first time you ever interview somebody, is you want to be strict with the time. So if they say 30 minutes, 30 minutes it is, and you don't go a minute longer if you can't help it. Now, he ran his plug. I think he ran about 31 minutes. That's on him. He was making his plug. <laughs> but Right. He, he, Mr. Radio Guy, man, he was just on a roll. Just boom, boom, boom. Exactly. Like, God damn, this guy's good. And but, I, uh, and yeah, that, that's the thing. I was Because I was emailing back and forth with Brian trying, trying to coordinate this very time. And one of the things that I always try to make sure... And I, you even had, reminded me about this. How much time do we have? Exactly. How much time do we have? Because I want to get that out of the. I want to get that out of the open. Now it's not like when we did an hour with Alex Greenfield because he's he's been on the show before. Yeah, we have this, we have a different type of relationship with right. Alex where we can kind of exactly. take it a little longer, and he's either cool with it or like shut up, guys. <laughs> right. Going, he's like, man, but... I gotta go. <laughs> but no, I mean, first time out, Brian Alvarez. You know, and of course, we're relaunching the wrestling stuff so yeah how how fitting is it to have him as our one of our first guests exactly now one of the one of the things i was going to ask him this is kind of what leads to this long tangent we just got in um was the whole seth rollins dean ambrose john cena dynamic chris which is um i kind of put this in my raw report as it seemed like because they don't have the title first of all it doesn't look like they know what they're doing for hell in the cell and it looks like it's very possible brock lesnar may not be on the show so it almost seems to me like they've kind of turned Seth Rollins into the title belt and Cena and Ambrose are fighting over it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like it's like he's all of a sudden the target and they've made absolutely no, other than Paul Heyman, they have made yeah. no mention of Brock Lesnar. Am, am I crazy in thinking that Seth Rollins has kind of become the title now? Or even the, the money in the bank briefcase contract, whatever. Or is something, the, yeah. Yeah. It's, that has become the, the object of attention. You've got Ambrose and Cena fighting over a wrestler, uh, fighting over who's going to get their hands on him first. So I, it, to He's me, it's not a champion, right? It's 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 very interesting. So yeah, you, yeah, you got two main two, well, one def. You got Cena, your main event guy. Yes, you got Ambrose who can be a main event guy, and Seth Rollins who can also be a main event guy. They're all just going after each other. It's just so weird. It is very very weird. Um, so I. I just, you know, just a general thing here. I don't know that they, I just don't know that they know what they're going to do for Hell in the Cell yet. I think they're kind of playing their options out and they're trying to figure out which direction do we want to go in. And we could very well see like a triple threat, you know, Rollins, Ambrose, Cena. Uh, I just don't know that you do that in a cell though. Now, if it was strictly Ambrose and Rollins, you could make the argument for a cell because the feud's been going on long enough to where it would make sense. And this is kind of that problem in the uh, in the era of the pay-per-views being named after big matches because then you kind of yeah. get... Because WWE, they don't really plan ahead very well. So you kind of <laughs> get stuck in this thing of, well, 
you know, October's coming up, so we gotta we gotta put this match on a little bit before it's time because it's like at SummerSlam, a lot of times uh, you get stuff just starting or or for the most part culminating. So then they're starting up new stuff in September. So then you've only got one month after that where they're already going to the Hell in the Cell, and it's like, wow, that's a little early for a feud. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. And yeah. you, you alluded to it earlier about uh, just the way they've been writing the storyline, Ambrose. And Rollins would have been absolutely perfect inside Hell in a Cell. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, there's definitely. no escape. They can't run. They're locked in, and they can just beat the crap out of each other yeah. for as long as they need to be. That, that could even be a main event. Oh, it sure you, could. You, you don't need Lesnar there. Yeah. Bring him back at Survivor Series. I, I, I'm all for that. I don't mind it. You know, I know a lot of people online, they complain. They say, oh, you know, we need a champion there every week. They, you don't. No, no. We, we've made this argument already, so we don't need to go into it again. But it's just that even on a pay-per-view, if he misses one month, so what? If your storylines are compelling enough, you can get away without him being there. And more importantly, if you had your mid-card a little stepped up a little bit higher, you could most certainly uh, do a lot more where you could have the Intercontinental title uh, per se, be at the top of your list. Uh, like a, if like this a, was like 20 years ago, you could. Right, like a co-main event. Exactly. Uh, but they're not doing that. Hey, what did you think about uh, Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury kind of being like the new Briscoe and Patterson? That was interesting. I was kind of thinking that, too. I was like, man, they're the new Stooges. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you got Jamie Noble with the uh, the mustard on and Stephanie's point. I was like, did you get a hot dog or something? <laughs> hey, for the, <laughs> That was great. For the record, I it, it, the less I see Kane on my screen, give me more of these guys. Yeah, you know, I I know he doesn't look as big and menacing as Kane, but I'm just I've said it on the show so many times before, but I'll say it for the new listeners. I'm just not big on Kane. It's just not my kind of thing. I know he's been there for a long time. I have a lot of respect for what he's done, but all I'm saying is it's just this thing of looking at somebody who's been there for over 15 years. It's just like, all right, we need some new blood here. Not that yes. Mercury and Noble are new blood, but I'm just saying in that role, in the authority role, you know, give Kane a month off or something. Let this it's, guy rest. and Let's see more of these guys. Right, because what it's doing, like we've seen before in, in past and recent history, it's getting stale. Yeah. Getting very stale. And I was always entertained by uh, Jamie Noble when he was on SmackDown. When it, being, being the trailer park guy and having Nidia there. Oh yeah, I was kind of I was kind of entertaining. He was, he was a cruiserweight champion and really emphasizing all of that. But yeah, he so he can be entertaining in front of a crowd still. Oh, mo- most certainly. I like the Ambrose's line about how he said, "Oh no, the cruiserweights have found me." Yeah. They sent, oh, they sent the cruiserweights after me. Yeah, I thought uh-oh. that was pretty good. And then, and then the cameraman actually found Ambrose first. It was not Mercury Noble who found him. The cameraman, right? Found him he, first. Yeah, camera. Yeah, just the one cameraman way in the back, just him walking with his duffel bag. Just uh, walking around and see him looking around. Can't really, nobody's really looking for him. So he's thinking, okay, what's going on? But then they really made it, kind of tied it all together. It's like Ambrose out in the ring saying, yeah, I walked by the agents. They were eating hot dogs by the, by yeah. the concession stand. I waved at them, but they didn't see me. That explains the mustard spot. Yeah. What uh, would you what'd you think of the the uh, the uh, callback, the, the homage to the Nickelodeon slime? What'd you think about that? Uh, that was... Yeah, I, I I didn't even put two and two together. I wasn't even thinking about the Nickelodeon slime, but really, uh, yeah. Even though I grew up in that generation, yeah, we both did. All, yeah, I didn't did not even think about that. I just saw the uh, the priceless look on uh, Dean Ambrose's face. Oh boy, 
Damn it, Chris! I thought you were gonna. Ugh. I thought you were gonna, you know, engage me in a Nickelodeon conversation. I, although that would drive the wrestling fans absolutely insane. So we right. won't we, do that. We can't talk, we, yeah, we can't talk about you can't do that on television. We can't talk no. about that with the wrestling no, fans. No, no, hey. we can't. We cannot do that. But I. Gosh, you know, are we really dating ourselves now, or what? I, I think we are. <laughs> but you know what, though, I I didn't hate this as much as some did. Like I thought that, no. yeah. You know, you could kind of see where it was kind of maybe that Vitzik man, haha, slap the knee and gorilla type, you know, right. humor. But right. at the same time, it wasn't overly cheap. It wasn't like Hornswoggle in the goddamn uh, alligator suit oh, uh, later on in the show. Yeah, so it wasn't oh, that, God. but it was. No, I thought it was all right. I, I really and, yeah, and the was, look on Ambrose's face afterwards was, <laughs> wow, priceless. Yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to go back and pause the TV because just they just focus on it for so long. Yeah, I was like, oh man, that's the face right there. Just him, just standing there, and then all of a sudden, just smiling. That was great. Yeah, but uh, no, I definitely, I definitely got a chuckle out of it. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about is: Does Brie Bella have the worst entrance music of everybody? Mm, let's see. Uh, yeah, because it's like Brie Mode. Oh God! You know, oh, and then like God. it goes to like this awful like techno electronica or whatever the hell it is. Uh, it's horrible. Just bad. <laughs> really i really don't enjoy it every time i have to hear it and to think that she came out and they went to commercial when they came back it was still playing like those poor chicago fans man that's rough oh god that's another thing that i that i got a problem with is the chicago fans yeah you know where i'm going with this i know cm still chanting and still during aj's damn matches aj's matches they did it in the opening segment uh but not you know what they weren't as bad as they normally are yeah, but still, I, I'm hoping that at some point they'll just get over it. Well, I think you're going to be... I wouldn't hold your breath. Is, is that like me wishing more for the Intercontinental title? Yes. Am, am I, am I <laughs> more of a pipe dream? Okay. Kind of crap in one hand and see which one fills yeah. up first. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It, yep. Exactly. We have the um, WWE Network in the U, in the UK being announced that they're going to announce the new date on November 1st. Originally, it was supposed to be October 1 in the oh, UK. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I mentioned this on my, uh, I posted a little bit of analysis when we posted that article on, on our website. And I said yeah. that it seems to me like they looked at what happened in Canada and they said, wow, cause it did pretty well from everything, from everything we've heard, uh, the yeah, Canada yeah. launch went pretty well. It didn't go well for the consumers because they've got this TV channel and they've got the limited on demand. It's kind of like when you have cable, um, like for instance, HBO. So like if you have HBO and then you have HBO go, Look at your cables HBO on demand and look at HBO Go on demand. It's two very different things in that you can go on HBO Go on demand and see every season, every show, like Entourage comes to mind or The Wire or some some, yeah. some Sopranos. You can watch every single season, every single episode. Whereas if you go on your cables VOD and you go on HBO, it's very, very limited. I would say it's maybe thirty oh, percent it of what HBO Go is. So that's kind of what people in Canada are dealing with. First of all, they're paying $2 more in Canada. Second of all, it's on this cable channel with VOD. I don't even know that they have internet access. Like, I don't think they can access the I, app. I don't think they can, Chris. I, I don't I don't think so. And it's limited to only as certain providers. And I know, like I've seen you know people post it on Twitter that uh, when it launched, it was just poorly, poorly launched. Everything was mislabeled. It was missing a lot. It was right. a very limited release. It just went a lot. wasn't a lot disclosed. By the by, the way, happen. if if you if we have anybody uh, listening in Canada, I know we do, but I, I, I'm, I obviously I see the numbers. But if 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 somebody's listening to us in Canada and can explain better to us, 
you know, you can do it via email privately if you want. We don't, we don't have to give yeah. your name, but uh, just send send me, send me an email, Re- uh, Gary at WrestlingInformant.com. I'm just curious, what's that experience like for you now? Has it gotten any better? Because we obviously, we've obviously heard the horror stories at the first week or so of the launch. Mm. Um, now, with that being said, going back to now the UK, I think they're looking at what happened in Canada and they're saying, hmm, maybe we ought to strike a deal with, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing this out. I'm not saying I have no knowledge on this, but maybe like Sky TV or something like that, like a big, uh, powerful uh, force in the UK as far as cable distribution. And they're saying, hmm, maybe we, maybe we ought to think about this channel thing, you know? I mean, and that could maybe. be interesting. It could be more expensive because of that. And, you know, they got to be careful because their first market is obviously North America. And we saw how that went. So yeah. with the launch in the UK, which is their number two market, How's that going to go? I'm very interested to see how that goes. No, that is interesting to see how that's going to play out, especially where you're not relying solely on an app or internet or anything like that. And I think they're already already broadcasting their pay-per-views on Sky Sports, I believe. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying maybe they want to partner up with like Sky or somebody like that. I don't know who is the other major player in in the UK, but... I have no idea. it's, It's possible. I mean, you know... Um, I, I would not rule it out for a second and I'd be very interested to see how that plays out. If they do take that turn could be very interesting. Now, um, just one or two other things here, Chris, and then we'll wrap it up for the uh, listeners. Uh, the, uh, the flag big show rips down Rusev's flag. They had to go out and apologize for it to me. I, I know it's going to offend some people. To me, it personally, you know, because I'm not Russian, so maybe I'm not easily offended like they may be. So I don't want to disrespect somebody that may be in Russia who thought it was a bad move or in bad taste. But Chris, in your mind, did you see anything there that was, you know, overly offensive to where they would have had to issue an apology? Honestly, no. Okay. I I don't see I don't see anything being that offensive to where they had to issue an apology. Okay. I, I just don't. Well, it's not it, like it's not like Shawn Michaels where he was wiping his ass with it or picking his nose or something. He had the Canadian flag up his nose and walking around like, oh, what? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's true. With that whole feud with Bret Hart back in the 90s. But, I mean, he just kind of just ripped it down, and it was made to rip down. I mean, it's like it was just buttoned. I could tell. I could see it up at the top where it was all kind of buttoned, and it's just ready to be torn down. Yeah. Uh, so it's, like they, it's like they had planned on doing it. It looked like. They had planned on doing it anyway, so I really don't see why you have to apologize for something you you knew you were gonna do. Well, I mean, they send Lana out there, and she, I think they they apologized for her, didn't they? At one point, she said something about uh, linking. Oh, what the hell was it? Now, it was some current event topic, and she was linking the U.S. or Russia. Uh, I don't remember right now, but they had to. Oh, it was, was it? it was oh, just it was the SummerSlam, uh, wasn't it? The, the, yeah, something like that. Was it the uh, the the airline? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, the yeah, the, air, the the airplane that was shot down. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It was it was that, and she, she was mocking that, and they had issued kind of stupid apology. But I don't see why this warranted an apology. Yeah, I I don't, I don't get it. Um, I don't we mentioned this with Brian, and I, I get your thoughts on it as well. The the Layla Rosa Mendez thing that the 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 clip was clearly and look, I get it. Total Divas is one of your intellectual properties. You want to promote it. You want to try to have it coexist in your raw world. And I don't think that the story is being told so great here because before the match, I've got a clip here of Natalia and uh, Tyson Kidder, as they call him on the show, TJ, his real name. 
Yeah. We've got Natalia and TJ, we'll call it, on the show having a disagreement. And that's fine. Look, if you want to, you know, logically you would think, okay, she's going to have a match. Maybe he's going to be in her corner, but then he's going to do the thing like he does in, you know, NXT before, I think it was, where he was out there and he was kind of ignoring her or, right. you know, something like that. And I know you cover a lot of NXT for our members, so you would probably rem- yeah. remember something like that. So you would think in your mind, okay, yeah, Natalia's going to have a match, and then, you know, that's what we're going to get. Instead, we get Layla and Rosa, which was not really that good of a match at all. No. And we've got Natalia out there to root her girl Rosa on. They had this awkward kiss on Total Divas this week, by the way. Not that you wanted to hear our Total Divas recap, but... Um, yeah, Rosa tried to kiss <laughs> Natalia. She was, she's trying wow. to make her feel more pretty or something like that. But anyway, huh. um, so they've got Rosa and Layla in a match. It's not a very good match. And I'm just like, okay. So they have Natalia out there rooting her on. They got, uh, T- T- Tyson kid, TJ. I, I, I get confused on what to call him. Call him Tyson kid. Hell with it. Yeah. And so yeah, he's out there with, with his, he's got his beats on. He's got his iPhone plugged in. Yes, I'm a tech guy. I pick out all these things meticulously. Um, and so he's he's ignoring the match, but it doesn't make any sense. Why the hell would he come out to watch Layla and Rosa Mendez? Why wouldn't he be out there to watch his girl uh, who's not even in a match? It doesn't make any sense to me, Chris. Yeah, I don't get it either. At least they could do is leave, leave that on NXT because they do that a lot more on NXT, especially with Natty and her matches, Tyson and his matches on NXT. Well, the, of course you get the, you get the Natty's husband. Yeah. On NXT, which is kind which of they funny. brought up. They brought that yeah. up, but you know, it, what? it's I'll, funny on NXT. I'll slightly disagree. I'll say, you know, in the sense that I would love to see, uh, Tyson kid back on TV. I know on the internet, he's not very popular because he was going up against guys like Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville and all these guys, but he's a very talented guy. We talked about no, this. He is. We talked about this at length on our members it, audio which you can find at wrestlinginformer.com slash membership. And we we did a whole NXT TakeOver uh, recap mm-hmm. talking oh, about how it. talented this guy is. So, no, look, I'm all for him being on Raw, but all I'm saying is it's it's real simple. Hey, Natty's got a match. Her husband's coming down to the ring with her, and now he's going to ignore her. Makes perfect sense. It ties right into the TV show. But instead, they're, the two of them are out there, and I guess they wanted to get Rosa some TV time, but... Here's the part where you have Rosa coming out to be with Natty while Natty has a match. It just makes more sense. And I don't know why I'm speaking so passionately about Layla versus Rosa Mendez and Natalia and Tyson Kidd, for Christ's sake. But it's just, I just, I just thought that was uh, just crazy to me why they would do that. It just seemed like the so obvious thing to do was to put Natty in the match. You switch Natty with Rosa and it makes perfect sense. Right, because then she could get all distracted by Tyson not paying attention and playing with his phone, got his beats on and yeah. turning his back and Yeah. yeah you you would think. Right. You would think. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Two more very, very quick things, I promise. Yeah. Uh Luke Harper no, they've no got, bunny. Uh, oh, no, bunny. No, no, we're this will be a bunnyless episode. Good, because you turn into Michael Cole and Bunny. I'm I'm gonna get all pissed off on you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think uh, is going on with Luke Harper here? They have this uh, vignette with Bray and Luke Harper, the same vignette, and Bray's talking about setting Luke Harper free. Uh, what do you think about this? Do you think they're gonna eventually have them feud? Do you think it's just more or less they're trying to tell a story about Luke going on his own, but not necessarily feuding with Bray? Where do you think this is going? I think 
it, it was it caught me by surprise at first because I didn't know what the heck was going on. But I think it's more of it could be more of a push for a singles run, but not necessarily breaking up the Wyatt family. Okay, because I think some people are thinking it's that they're like, oh my god, they're breaking up the Wyatt family. What's going on? I no, I, I I'm sure it'll happen sometime. Maybe maybe a long time from now. I don't know, but I don't think that's what this is. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's a way to enhance Luke Harper's character more because I I. I enjoy Luke Harper more than I do Eric Rowan, to be honest with you. And I, I, uh, Luke Harper's work in the ring is a lot better. I know it's going to take time because they're still very green, but I think that's where they're going with this. It's more okay. of a push. And and finally, and probably least important on the show, Triple H burying essentially burying the WWE uh, film division. I know. Uh, you know, I always I always make fun of people talk about Triple H is burying this, he's burying that, but it really did seem like he really buried <laughs> the movie division by calling Miz's uh, career straight to DVD. Uh, uh, do you think this was in any way destructive towards the movies that they put some thought into? I I don't think so. And then even later on, Miz uh, made a jab at uh, Triple H and the chaperone. Ooh, did he? Yeah, when he was out at he was out at ringside during Damian Mizdow's match, he uh, Mike, I think I don't remember who brought it up. It was Michael Cole, I think, brought it up, and then he's like, "Yeah, Mister, he called him Mister Chaperone or something like that." So he made he made a little subtle jab at Triple H's straight to DVD movie as well. Ah, isn't that sweet? Well, yep. we are right around the hour mark, and what we like to do with this podcast is we try to keep it under an hour to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. So with that in mind, we're going to close out the show and just remind you once again, please check out Brian Alvarez's Death of WCW book if you haven't already, although I get the general idea, Chris, the people that the kind of people that listen to this show are probably the kind of people that are going to buy that book or probably already have, but we certainly would recommend that if you have not, go to Wrestling Observer, give them the clicks there, go to WrestlingObserver.com, click through his link and, and, and check it out. Uh, I'm just going to say, we also have an Amazon link, which will be up on the page where you can see this post. Um, and you know, we would certainly like it if you would click our link, you know, give Brian right. the sale on his book, but give us the link. Okay. Right. Come on. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a win-win. And I almost feel bad that I got my digital copy before Lance Storm. Now that's messed up, man. I mean, <laughs> how did I get it? Cause I knew, cause they said, give me your list October 1st. I think, man, it's going to show up. I was up at 5am cause that's when I get up in the morning Yeah. and at 530, I'm walking out the door. I fire up my I don't even. It's on my Galaxy. It's the, the just the Kindle app, and as soon as it synchronized, boom, book showed up. Wow! Just instant. I'm like, oh my god! And then he said, Lance Stormhand got his. I was like, oh my god! How is that possible? I don't know. Well, no matter where you get the damn book from, just yeah. buy it. It's good. Chris yep. has already read it. I'm gonna get my copy very soon. I, I'm. I think I want to go for the hard copy personally. But um, right, I, I'm actually about halfway through. I'm in. It looks like 1998 because he was talking about how it was going chronologically. So, yeah, it's talking about how WCW is pretty much tanking at this point. Yeah. yeah. And it's not getting any better, and it's the same old stuff. So we we all were there. You know, we all were there. We were probably in the, not the same position as Brian was, but we were outsiders watching it as it unfolded. Yes, definitely. But now we so, are we're kind of like in his role now where we're, yeah. we're watching the shows in real time and, and seeing what it's all about. All right, look, uh, the final plug for us, wrestlinginformant.com slash membership, $2.99. The price is going up in less than two weeks, so you better get on it now because if you do get on it now, the $2.99 price will last forever for you as long as you stay an active member. If you cancel and you try to re-sign up, your price goes up. 
So that is the incentive to get you to sign up at the lower price. See, we're opening, we're breaking the fourth wall again. That's right. our that's our strategy, man. Um, so uh, you sign up, at, you sign up at $2.99. You're going to get daily audio, just like this show that you're hearing right now. But in addition to that, you're going to get uh, Chris's uh, Ring of Honor and NXT coverage. You're going to get my Raw coverage and other, uh, you know, just general news uh, and, and reviews and things like that. And then also... You get you get an access to our vault of uh, shoot interviews. You talk about Brian had in his vault, and I know his vault is a lot bigger than ours, but we do have <laughs> uh, several interviews dating back to 2007 with uh, several uh, wrestlers. Bob Hardcore Holly, who's done a couple of great interviews with us. Uh, John Heidenreich, uh, some of the most talked about at the time that they came out, some of the most talked about newsmaking interviews. John Heidenreich breaking the doors off of some incredible information back in 2007 following the Chris Benoit uh, murder, murder, suicide. Also, we've got uh, Jason Sensation back in that time uh, and talking about uh, his own personal issues within WWE. Uh, as far as some more current interviews, more recently, Pete Gass, Ken Shamrock, Buff Bagwell. I mean, just a whole slew of people. And I'm telling you, they've got some of the most interesting stories to tell you you don't want to miss it so chris tell them again where does that address and what is the price that is wrestlinginformant.com slash membership and that is 2.99 a month as long as you sign up right now there you go sign up right now because it's going to go up to four dollars and 99 cents in less than two weeks so you got you got some time left you can sign up now lock in that price for good and that's 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 what i'm saying you, you get it in now and you're going to get locked into that price forever we will never raise it as long as you yeah. remain an active member. So with that, Chris, thank you so much uh, to Brian Alvarez, WrestlingObserver.com, F4WOnline.com. Check out their site, their membership, and Brian's book. It's all great content. I promise you that. As far as Chris and I are concerned, for members, we'll be talking to you tomorrow. But if you're not a member, we'll see you again next Wednesday. This is our new date, and you will find the shows released every Wednesday evening. Um, so be sure to... Uh, Tune in because Chris and I, we've got some interesting things planned for you. Chris, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? At Chris McManamy. All right. I'm at Gary Cantrell. The website's Twitter at PWInformant. And thanks to all the new listeners. We hope that you guys will stick around. Subscribe, wrestlinginformant.com slash subscribe. If you've got anything but an iDevice, if you've got iPhone, iPad, iPod, iTunes, go to wrestlinginformant.com slash iTunes. Check it out. We would appreciate you guys following us along on this journey as we become this wrestling website that is slowly starting to build and uh, hopefully one day we can be reach uh, come somewhere close to the level of the wrestling observer <laughs> but we do have a lot of respect for those guys and I just want to make sure yeah, that we get absolutely. that clear it's not a war it's not us versus nope. them Brian's nope. a nice guy and uh, it, this is you know we have wars against the more tackier websites that copy Brian's news and, and Dave Meltzer's news and put it on their website and then put a bunch of tic tac ads all over the place and you click this and an ad pops up and all that we don't have any of that on our website we no. are 100% ad free for everyone so yep. oh, yeah we'll, we'll go after the hacks just, just not these guys <laughs> yes and there it was Chris <laughs> I mentioned we were going to be under an hour an hour an hour four so uh, I'm gonna, keep going we just, we just keep going <laughs> I know we need to stop we need we to, to stop right now. So, uh, yes. guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Members, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for See listening. Ya.